0: Hi, my name is Erin, and I'm your host here at Body Peace Collective. I don't know if you had a chance this week to get on the internet, but if you did, you probably saw um, the big news that Adele has changed her body a lot. She's lost a lot of weight, apparently, in the last year or so, and it really got an incredibly controversial conversation going. And what was interesting was I was noticing that there were two sides to this conversation. And and one was that people were congratulating her for, quote, unquote, taking control of her life and getting, quote, unquote, healthier and praising her for her self-discipline and for her new body. And then on the other side, people from the body positivity world were ripping her to shreds. And they were talking about how she was a sellout, how she had been an icon for women in larger bodies, and she had failed them by by changing her body. And the truth is, is this whole conversation just bothered me. It just did not sit right with me. Because first of all, Adele never asked to be an icon for women in larger bodies. And secondly, she... Who knows how she lost weight, right? People were praising her for being healthy, but we have no idea if it is intense emotional stress that caused her weight loss or what kinds of habits or things that she was engaged in in order to achieve her weight loss. So we can't tell her, I mean, we can't congratulate her on health, but I thought that was so interesting is this, there's this underlying message that women can't win. right? And while it is beautiful to celebrate bodies of all sizes and we should be celebrating bodies bodies of all sizes, the ultimate goal is to not see bodies at all, right The ultimate goal is for us to see people, to see humans. Right, So whether you are praising someone for their confidence in a larger body or praising someone for their confidence in a smaller body, it doesn't matter. We're focusing too much on our bodies. And we have to stop. We have to start seeing people as more than just bodies. That's a huge tagline that Beauty Redefined has used for several years. That women are more than bodies and that we need to see more and that we need to be more in order to kind of overcome that message that has been given to us since we were little girls. So that's my little rant for today. But this is, this podcast for today is part two of our podcast focused on rebuilding a relationship of trust with food and with our bodies. And in our last podcast, we focused on some principles that help us learn to rely on our internal intuition and instinct instead of external factors to tell us whether or not we're doing a good job or whether or not we're healthy. We've learned to rely on outside standards and systems for so long to tell us how to look and what and when and how much to eat. That over time, we've kind of silenced those natural systems inside of us. And the problem with that is that we belong to someone or something else when we do that. When we allow outside sources to tell us whether or not we're good enough, we lose touch with our own selves, our emotions, our instincts, our intuition. And our ability to live in our own body gets hijacked by someone or something else. So in in order to reestablish self-trust, There are seven principles that we can implement into our lives, and these seven principles are taken from a presentation by Brene Brown called The Anatomy of Trust, and her presentation focuses on our relationship with others and developing that trust, but those same principles for developing a healthy relationship, a trusting relationship with others, apply to ourselves. So in our last episode, we talked about the first three principles, and then we're going to cover the last four principles today. So, principle number 4 is vault that you are a vault, which means that you protect the parts of you that need protecting. You don't owe anyone else your story except for you. You don't owe an explanation to others for your body or for your food choices. You don't need to apologize for looking a certain way or and you don't need to make comments like I just had a baby in order to help people understand or see you differently. Being a vault means that you take care of you. I remember when I got back into teaching fitness classes after I had a baby, my second baby. And like I've mentioned in earlier podcasts, um, my recovery was really long. She, um, during labor, she did some significant damage to my hips and it took a really long time for my body to recover and even my mind to recover. It was It was hard, but I remember when I got back into teaching, I felt like I needed to explain at the beginning of class why I was using lighter weights or why I didn't quote unquote look like a fitness instructor until one day it dawned on me and I realized I owe these people nothing except for a great workout and that is exactly what I'm giving them. I don't owe them a postpartum body that has erased all signs of partum. Right? What, and it caused me to think like, where is that sense of obligation coming from? You know, what makes me think or feel like I do owe them anything? There are things that I'm working on within myself that don't need to be explained to everyone else. And I can keep those things sacred and personal. And when we do that, when we create that vault, that doesn't mean that we're not being vulnerable, that we're not showing weakness. It just means that we're taking those things, maybe are sensitive or vulnerable, and we don't have to share those with anyone until we're ready. We don't have to puff up and justify why we may be struggling or why we may feel a certain way, right? There's no, we don't owe it to anyone to explain anything, especially about your body. Principle number five is integrity. And the way that Brene Brown describes this is that integrity is choosing courage over comfort. It's choosing to practice your values, not just simply express them. What does that look like in a relationship with yourself? The truth is, is that dieting is so much easier than learning to trust yourself with food. Why? Because dieting is familiar. It's easily measurable and it's also glorified and celebrated by society right you haven't eaten carbs for a whole year wow good for you you don't eat sugar oh my word you have so much self control right we like praise and value these ideas of deprivation however having personal integrity is choosing courage over comfort it's choosing to practice your values not just simply express them. So what that means is is that if you truly believe that your body is worthy of respect and care, then you will take the time to do the work to take care of yourself in the best way. If you truly believe that all bodies are good, then you will stop judging yourself and you will do the work to stop seeing bodies and start seeing people. If you truly believe that you are the expert of your own body, then you will hold boundaries and you will stick up for yourself when others make comments on your body or your food choices. None of that is easy. But in order to reestablish trust with food and with your body, it requires that you choose courage over comfort over and over and over again. As I have mentioned before, this journey coming to love my body and to respect my body and to appreciate my body has been an ever-evolving journey, and I'm still on it, right? I, I think that it's something that because our bodies are constantly changing and because messages are constantly being thrown at us all the time, it really is a daily work, and it gets easier, but I remember that when I started with intuitive eating, it kind of Morphed into more of a body peace journey over time. As I started to really, um, I don't want to say master the principles of intuitive eating, but as I started to get very comfortable with the principles of intuitive eating, it it became more an issue of learning to love my body. And I believe that the two of the, those two principles, intuitive eating and making peace with your body, they're so connected. They're even dependent on each other. I believe, but Throughout this whole journey, one of the greatest things that has come to me is that I've relearned how to connect with myself. I've learned to take what I believe in my head and make it into something that I believe with my heart, something that actually influences how I see the world and how I treat myself and how I treat others. And I think that that's why integrity is so important in this process in this journey of learning to trust your body and learning to make peace with food is because it requires you to take something that, you know, that logically makes sense and then to do the work to make it become a part of you. That is so much easier said than done, right? Like we talk about, if we truly believe that all bodies are good, if you truly believe that in your heart, you'll stop judging yourself, right? If you truly believe that you are the expert of your own body, then you'll start relying on those internal cues. If you truly believe that your body is worthy of respect and care, if you believe that in your heart, not just know that in your head, then you will put in the time and do the work to take care of yourself. But like Brene Brown said, It's not comfortable. And integrity is choosing courage over comfort. The sixth principle of building a relationship of trust with yourself and with food is non-judgment. Non-judgment means that you can ask for what you need and you can meet your needs without feeling guilty. It also means that you can feel what you feel without judgment. I personally, when I realized I realized when I started intuitive eating that I didn't even know what I needed anymore. I didn't know how to judge what sounded good because I had been restricting for so long. I had so much messed up information in my head about food. And I had so many food rules. So I had lost my ability to even make a solid judgment on what sounded good. I also didn't have the ability to know when I was satisfied. Or when I was full, I would feel guilty for wanting more food than what I thought was necessary to fuel my body. But as I started to exercise non-judgment, I started to just take my life moment by moment, right? And to recognize that right now, for example, right now, I'm hungry. It doesn't matter that I ate breakfast an hour earlier. Right now, I'm hungry that doesn't mean I'm a bad person. That doesn't mean I have no self-control. It just means right now I'm hungry and I am going to meet that need. And it was through experience and experimentation that I became more in tune with my intuition and my hunger and fullness signals. And I gained a better idea of what I truly wanted. But that process is developed by trial and error But taking the time to prioritize your need for food without judgment is critical. One of those things is like as a mother of three kids, I think there's this element of like, you know, a good mother takes care of all her children before she takes care of herself. And what happens with that is we sit down to eat dinner, and as soon as – mom, like I sit down, I prepare the meal – Kids at the table, you know, my husband helps out. We sit down and as soon as we start to eat, my kids are like, oh, will you go get me this? Oh, I need a drink. Oh, will you get me some salt? Oh, do we have any barbecue sauce? They want me to get things. So I've made a rule at our house that when mom sits down to eat, I'm not going to get up and get you anything. So if you need something, you can get up from the table and you can get it. If you want to ask me before I sit down, I would love to get it for you. But while I'm sitting down, mom's important, and I need to eat. That's important for my body to take care of myself. And so I have learned that that's what I need each day. And I've learned to make that a priority, that I take time each day for my breakfast, my snacks, my lunch, and my dinner. And my kids know that while I'm doing that, they can wait for just a second unless it's an emergency. Obviously, I won't let the house burn down right if i'm eating my snack but but instead of but making sure that my children understand that it's a priority for mom to be fed and i learned that the hard way like i learned that because i would go for hours and hours without eating because i would be doing so many other things that were important and good things but i've learned to uh, to understand what i need and i've learned to meet those needs for myself and i've learned to do it without judging myself Just because I don't play with my kids or get them the things they need right in that moment doesn't mean I'm a bad mom. I think another thing that is really critical, especially in building trust in our relationship with food, is that we need to learn to take away the morality of food. And what I mean by that is that we have assigned foods as good. Our culture has assigned foods as good and bad. And the truth is, is that food food just is. It doesn't have the ability to be good or bad. In order for something to be good or bad, they have to have the ability to be moral. Food doesn't have any of those abilities. It does not have the ability to be good or bad. Now you might be saying, wait a second, wait a second, sugar is bad. I know it's bad. It doesn't do anything good for your body, et cetera, et cetera. And if that belief is serving you, then that is great. But I have found that what happens is when people tell themselves that sugar is bad, then when they eat too much sugar, what that becomes is instead of sugar being bad, it's I am bad. What is wrong with me? Why can't I get control of myself? Right? That morality, that bad food in turn makes them a bad person. So the way that I have learned to look at food is that all food begins on neutral ground. So you're right, table sugar, just white table sugar, doesn't provide nutrients, but it does provide calories, which and calories are energy. And if your body needs energy, that white sugar is important. If you had nothing else to eat, that white sugar could save your life. Okay, so the way that I look at it is table sugar is neutral. And there are other foods that contain more nutrients and vitamins and minerals and amino acids and things that will help build your body. And those are all adding goodness to your body. But no food is negative. No food is bad. And to me, that has helped me to take away the judgment of food. Because depending on the day and the time and what my needs are, certain foods will fit my needs better than others, certain kinds of foods. But if I've told myself that carbs are bad or that meat is bad or that fat is bad and I never eat those things, the truth is, is that ultimately over time, I will be depriving myself of essential nutrients and minerals and vitamins that my body needs. So, learning how to relearning how to establish a relationship of trust with food and with your body is so important. And in order for you to do that in a true way, you have to learn to take away judgment regarding food. Food just is food. The last principle, principle number 7 is generosity. And it's generosity is also known as generous interpretation. And what that looks like with other people is it's giving them the space to be human. My best friend, Maren, she talks about, we talk about this a lot, because there are times where I will say something, and initially, upon saying it, she might feel defensive or it might hurt her feelings. But instead, she'll talk to me and she'll say, You said this, and I know that you would never intend to hurt my feelings, so I want you to explain to me a little bit more about what you meant by this. So her generous interpretation is that she gives me the benefit of the doubt that I wasn't trying to say something to hurt her, and I, in turn, do the same to her. We allow ourselves to be human. And it's so important that when we apply generosity to ourselves— that we do the exact same thing, that we recognize that there are going to be some days when we're going to really, really struggle, and we're not going to do our best. And that is human. That is okay. Establishing a relationship of trust and giving yourself generosity means that you give yourself permission to figure this out. You recognize that this is a process And that the process is just as valuable as the end goal. But giving yourself the benefit of the doubt, giving yourself permission to be human, to mess up in this journey is so, so important. So just a recap of all of our principles. We talked about boundaries. We talked about making sure that no one has the right to tell us what we should or should not be eating. And that we establish boundaries, we establish specific things for ourselves, that we recognize what we need and when we need it, and we hold those boundaries. We defend those boundaries. The second one is reliability. Making sure that we keep the promises that we make to ourselves right? Especially with regarding food, that means that every day our body knows that it can count on us to provide enough food. It knows that every three to four hours we're going to have something to eat. That's important in developing a relationship of trust with food and with ourselves. The next principle, it was accountability, recognizing that we are not victims to diet culture, right? Yes, it has influenced our life in powerful ways, and we talked about that, but we're not going to dwell on it. Because the longer we dwell on it, the longer we give the power to have control over us. The next principle we talked about today was being a vault and protecting the parts of you that need protecting. Remember, you don't owe anyone else your story except for you. You don't owe an explanation for your body or for your food choices. Not ever. The next principle we talked about was integrity. You It's choosing courage over comfort. It's choosing to practice your values and not just simply say them, right? It's taking the things that we know and living them so that they become a part of our heart. They become a part of who we are and what we do. And they influence our life every day. We talked about non-judgment, asking for what we need and doing so in a way that is not judgmental, right? It's giving us space. And then the last one is generosity or generous interpretation, right? Giving ourselves an opportunity to be human as we struggle through this and figure it out. All of these things are so important as we seek to build a relationship of trust with ourselves, with our bodies, and with food. Like I've said in past episodes, building your community of women to help you navigate this journey and figure this out is so, so important. So I want to encourage you again to please share this podcast with other women in your life. Even just going through them and discussing them is a powerful processing tool that helps you better come to know yourself and to appreciate your body and to explore your relationship with food. So I want to encourage you to share this podcast with other women. I was talking with a friend the other day, And telling her how this podcast is actually taking a lot more time than I imagined it taking. Just the edit, like the recording and the editing and the content. And she asked me like, well, why then, you know, why you're a busy person. So why would you spend so much time doing this? And I realized that I just believe so, so much in the power of a woman that knows who she is and that feels comfortable in her own skin. Because when a woman knows who she is and feels comfortable in her own skin, she allows other people around her to do the same thing. It's this ripple effect. So that is why I started this podcast, was to help women to be able to live their best life because they've come to know themselves in a powerful way. And they've come to protect and fight for themselves. Anyway, that's enough for today. But I hope you have a wonderful week, and we will talk to you next Tuesday.